You are listening to KG Mwekezi on SAFM. So, um, I'm sure, uh, you, you know, uh, the president will make an announcement in not too long a time about the exact date of uh, the elections that we're going to have. Uh, my guess is uh, probably the State of the Nation address is where we get told. But we knew, right, coming into 2024 that it's a big year. And uh, there are always many statistics that come out that generally point a bleak picture of the state of our country. That the high unemployment rate, the murder rate, the crime rate, inflation and its impact to the lived experience of South African housing. You know, this is to name a few. So this year is an election year. Political parties are getting ready to campaign in an effort to garner our votes. We thought to use the opportunity today to ask citizens what it is that they want to hear from anyone who's approaching them for their vote. What is a realistic of Offering to you? What is a realistic thing that will say to you as a citizen, this person takes me seriously enough in terms of the levels of their promises? This person is convincing me enough that I should, you know, go and vote for them. So we wanted to navigate the discussion of the election year with Leeton Toba, lecturer at the Central University of Technology, debater and social political analyst, Dr. Trevor Nguane, social commentator, and maybe let's start with the statistics how are they going to bypass the statistics because you look at any statistic really uh, it paints a very bleak picture of the lived experience of any South African anywhere what kinds of things should they even be thinking about saying if they know we know the statistics and the bleak picture the statistics paint let's start with you uh, Leto. good morning and thanks for your time Good morning, KG. How are you? I'm well. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year to you too, and to the doctor. Mm. Um, so I think when you when you think about it on the most superficial level, right? None of the political parties so far in South Africa make any significant plans beyond what the five year term might promise for them. So none of them speak to anything beyond what could be a presidential term because when you look at things like crime, unemployment, the HIV um, pandemic, um, when you look at um, when you look at uh, how we live in general with the social with the socioeconomics of the country, those should be long-term plans that go beyond 15 to 20 years. Because if you look at our crime statistics, for instance, the plan to turn around what what the the crime statistics in the country speak about should go one talking to policing, two, talking to the to the criminal justice system. And the turnaround plan can't be a five-year plan. It has to be a 10 to 20-year plan about policing. How do we change the nature of policing, what we teach our police, and how to, re, uh, to resource the, the detecting um, services? How do we um, rehabilitate the the courts and how they dispense the law and the waiting times for our waiting trialists and also how do we turn over um, uh, what you call prosecutions? But none of the parties are talking to that. All of them are talking to superficial plans that don't speak to the core of the issues. And I think um, by and large, that becomes the biggest problem for South Africans. That's why now most South Africans will tell you how indecisive they are about any of the parties, because none of them talk to the issues that affect them um, most direly. 
to, to the degree that we need as South Africans to make really good choices about our future. Yeah, but ultimately somebody can say they are obligated by law to plan around a five-year period because any average government is in power for a five-year period. Of course, you, you do plan for a five-year period, but why does your plan not seem good enough for 15 years? So why would your plan not be good enough for the next party to come and take over, right? So let's assume you're talking about the unemployment crisis in South Africa. Mm. Why don't you make such a good plan that whether or not you lose or win, that that plan is going to be the map for our future collectively in South Africa? Because that's what you're doing when you're voting, right? You are casting a ballot in order for your future to be better. So when I'm voting, I'm not voting for the next five years. I'm voting for a leader that sees my future indelibly and then says, this future is going to be altered in this way by my being in office for these five years. But if I'm not in the, in the office for the next five years after that, the person who comes after me, I'm going to hand over a government that is making plans to make employment better in the country or the quality of employment better. So what are, what are they bringing? So they're bringing temporary solutions to a, to a sort of looking a permanent problem. So a 30, 40-year problem you're bringing a five-year plan to, which is always going to be defeated anyway. Yeah. Dr. Ngwane, let me welcome you as well. Uh, what Leah Dontova is saying is that uh, part of the problem is that, uh, you know, the politicians speak a super... <laughs> is that... Uh, I think... Dr. Ngwane, are you there? It's it's actually from one, Trevor. But thanks a lot, KG, and the listeners from across the country. It's, no, it's, it's, it's Dr. Ngwane, not Ngwane. It's, no, it's Trevor Ngwane. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my PhD, definitely. Uh, oh, so you're, you're, not a, you're not a doctor. Yeah. The, the, my, my, my producers made you graduate uh, before it it's was fine. time. So, before I mean, another apology or done story, yes. That's yeah. fine. So what I was saying is, uh, Trevor, is it takes, you know, Leah uh, Tontoba says when politicians in South Africa go and speak to the electorate, they use a very sort of superficial language when they encourage them to vote for them. What kind of language do you think that they should use that is not superficial, that talks to the dynamics of their lived experience and that paints a brighter future for the future that uh, they want as citizens? No, most definitely. So one of the things... Morning, that I, I by the up, way. <laughs> no, good morning, KJ and the listeners. So yes, so one of the difficulties that we have uh, with public discourse in SA is that it's run by business people, you know, just politicians, lawyers, and few in the in the political realm. And most of those people have a little uh, time to go back and do some bit of self-reflection. So they'll come in 1994 and say, we promise what? Houses for everyone, uh, free education, and they promise free water. They promise promise all these things. But I mean, come five years down the line, 1999, there's few time where they go back and say, you know what, we promised this and that. We couldn't deliver on this because the timelines were quite tight. So instead of doing that, they just go ahead and giving more promises, more promises. But what that does is that it it, it lessens uh, issues around uh, trust, you know, voter trust around people and and South Africans. If you look, for instance, 2014 was the first time what you call the Bonfils would vote for the first time, obviously, mm-hmm. after after 20 years. And these are South Africans who have no experience personally and individually of apartheid. 
So if you if you battle to actually but the one the one experience they do have, Trevor, is uh, Bonfries but uh, have no recollection of a time, for example, that had no yeah. load shedding. Uh, that is one of the things that fascinate me. There's a generation of kids in South Africa that are going to vote for the first time this year that only know us load shed. They have no other prior experience of living a life without load shedding, for example. No, most of them. And most of those young people have lost interest in voting. Uh, there's something called voter apart. Uh, I did my, my MA, my master's on political communication voting behavior. So when you interview most of these people, they tell you about how much they believe this thing doesn't work for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Going to the voting booth and throw in their name. They believe that it doesn't have any bearing on their material uh, progress in SA. I mean, they go to school, they don't have access to NSFAS. Those that can, I mean, and it's just few, those that can have access to that, it will be in a case that they are something called the missing medley. Mm. They can afford to pay for a room, they can afford to pay for their fees. So they find themselves in the middle of this thing, but with time, with time obviously, they get to find their own uh, spaces where they start to engage politically outside the voting uh, uh, issue because they feel this one doesn't really resonate with who they are and what they aspire to, to see in the country. And I'll tell you one thing, some of us grow up in villages and that experience is the closest to poverty mm. and injustice you can ever think of. I mean, ordinarily, people have to organize their own balls to have access to water. Mm. And those that can't, I mean, they have to buy from their, their neighbors, you know, yeah. or drive to the next village to have to have access to water. Can we, so this, pick, into, can we yeah. pick into that research a little bit that you did for your master's around voting patterns in South Africa? What generally were people saying they vote for? And those ones that are apathetic, that are saying the, you know, the system, the democratic system of going yeah. to the polls every five years doesn't work for them. What other system do they think would work for them then? So, so because then democracy doesn't work for most people, what they've done is that, you know, there are NGOs that are coming out of, of the system. I mean, you have also something called social political movements. There's Abakalibesem, John Dolo, there's Operation Dudrano. It's very controversial in SA because of other issues. Mm-hmm. And there's many Soweto Crisis Committee, which are coming to bridge this gap. So if then you can't use your vote to challenge political decision, what you do is that you join a, a movement which can go to court and forced the government or parliament to actually act on an issue because if you have to wait for another five years to have to vote, it doesn't work. I mean, there's four years in between in where a party have to deliver on their promises, you know? Mm, mm. So they do that. But most of them actually tell you that they have to ban the local library. They have to block the local uh, road. For, for, them for them to, to have get something attention. Be, for, exactly, wow, exactly. Wow. They have to ban the library, something that is, is meant to... To, to have them, to they have to ban the local clinic. Mm. Exactly, mm. they have to ban the clinic to be able to to get power. To have to get politicians to come down and speak to them. So this, they think, violence is the only language that politicians get to understand. Wow, uh, Leto, when you look at the same statistics again, especially over the last thirty years with the ruling party in power, uh, the picture is not generally the same, right? It's not static because one can say, for example, that there was a time, I think in 20, say, uh, 2012, 2013, when the murder rate, for example, uh, was much lower than what it was uh, as compared to 27,000 people, for example, getting killed every year in South Africa. There was a time when there were only 16,000. You know, it progressively went up. And when you talk about economic performance, a lot of people 
will always bring back the 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 Tabombeki era, for example, around economic performance, around how we literally, with our own eyes, watched uh, you know the economy of a country grow, uh, the dynamics of uh, South Africa at a global stage be completely different. So you know, somebody was saying it's not static their performance. It's had peaks, it's had valleys, it's had highs, it's had lows, and that's part of the reason perhaps there is so much confusion amongst the electorate as to what their real potential is. Yes, but so even with the examples that you're mentioning, right, where we had excellent years, the Dambeki years or the years where the incidents of crime, of murders, for instance, were, were going lower than the expected targets that we, we usually hit now in our lows. But the biggest problem is this, right? The consistency doesn't have to be on that end of the spectrum. The consistency must be on the end of the government application, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. that's what the citizens expect. So with the murder rate, I don't expect, my, my expectation is not whether or not the murder rate would be higher or lower mm-hmm. at the, with, the, with the incidents because that's, that's determined by the criminals and how much activity they have on their end. Mm-hmm. What I'm expecting is the prosecution rate. So when a murder happens, what is the likelihood of prosecution? Mm. That's what I'm looking for, right? When we talk about economic activity, yes, the economic activity is high. So what we're seeing with that is companies reporting their profits, right? But what we are looking, what we are looking at is the quality of work that people are having, the quality of, of, of life. Is it changing in, the, in that economic upturn, right? Mm. Because some people will tell you those who have existed outside the system. So remember, there are South Africans, when we speak currently as we speak, who've never had a bank account, mm. who've never actually been anywhere in the system formally. And so that person tells you, whether it was the Mbeki years, the Zuma years, the Mutante years, whichever years you want to state to them, that they've never had a better life because mm. they've existed outside the systems that make living um, comfortable in South Africa. So what we're looking for as South African citizens is not necessarily whether or not there's an upturn or there's a value or a peak, but we're looking at the consistency of government activity in our lives, whether it's a value or a peak. And that is what makes the difference when it comes to elections, voting, and deciding for which party is worthy of my vote. Because outside of that, it means the citizens then are looking at these indicators, which might not actually affect their lives at all, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are living somewhere where the murder rate is, um, is low, the murder rate doesn't matter to you because you're not likely to get murdered. Yeah. But when you're living in a place where the crime is high and you're seeing the criminal go in arrested, and then get bail, you then say, but they say that the, the crime rate is low, but this guy is still here. Yes, yes, us. yes. And so at the end of the day, that's the performance we're looking for. Yeah. We're opening the lines for you on 086-000-2032. What is going to pique your interest when you make a decision as to who you're voting for? What do you want them to, what do you want to hear them say? Um, you know, and what are you sick of hearing? Uh, because over the years, there's certain consistent things that some of the, you know, political parties have said 
to us. And, you know, we've been able to have some of them in power engage, uh, whether, you know, at municipal level, at provincial level, at national level, whether they're able to live up to the promises that they have. We're in conversation with Leo Dontoba, lecturer at the Central University of Technology. Trevor Tlungwane is a social commentator as well. And uh, you can join the conversation on 86 4139 sorry, 41391 is the SMS line at around 50 on WhatsApp. We are on 061 4107. And then the issue of social grants, because there's some, Trevor, who, you know, strongly yeah. believe there's some who strongly believe uh, that to a large extent there are people who are heavily influenced for example by something yeah. like a social grant in the you know in that decision that they make as to who to vote for because materially that's all that they depend on most of so you know the the, the covid-19 uh, social relief fund uh, yes i know sometime in 2020 the government came up with the the system to ensure that they assist those that can make ends meet because then obviously COVID would have so much direct effect on, on, on the economics mm. and, and everything. I mean, SA as well is facing a tough road ahead due to the, I mean, the shift in global economics, geopolitical tensions, and the domestic obstacles which continues to shape its economic destiny in 2024. You would have the issue in, U- I mean, in Ukraine and Russia, which had so much dire effect on on issues around affordability. I mean, many people have lost their houses, they have lost their cars. So issues around social grants, basically, it's mostly used as a form of campaigning tool mm-hmm. by any party which is in government. So no opposing party should say that if they were not in power, they wouldn't use the issue mm-hmm. to actually have to garner electoral support. I mean, the official rate of unemployment itself, uh, it's, it's so worrying. And mm-hmm. what I can obviously detail is the fact that, you know, that number, it only includes the unemployed who are actively searching for for jobs so mm-hmm. those outside the confines of searching for jobs who have what given up about searching for jobs are not in the formal and official numbers about unemployment mm-hmm. so it tells that the numbers are quite high and worrying so yes like you're saying social grants becomes a big talking point most well in in, in, in spaces where uh, the voters the majority are ordinarily quite old because the assumption is that, I mean, this is a policy of government, but was brought by the ANC. So they assume that if they stop voting for the ANC, obviously they'll lose some of those benefits. Mm. That's what I'm saying. The deadline in, 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 in voting behavior, issues around voting apart, you start to see the crack. Uh, because then if you look, the ANC got about 57 in the last elections. Mm. It's just so much about how much if people doesn't want to vote, how it affects the whole spectrum as far as politics are concerned. Because, like I'm saying, young, young people have found different methods of participating in politics because they feel that the current system doesn't work for them. Uh, yeah. They take to the social media, I mean, they join NGOs, they start their own think tanks to try and see how they can counter what then is happening in society because polit- politics in its, in its own doesn't really uh, serve everyone in, in government and the issues around you know the importance of opposition parties because it's 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 a need in in democracies in terms of considering democracy in post-colonial african states mm-hmm. but if you look uh, their function has been reduced to pol- i mean reduced to just what politicking opposing whatever that's being said by a political parties in government 
Yeah. So instead of actually coming up with uh, issues that they believe can aid the government, what they do is that they only oppose. <clears throat> so that obviously have an impact on how then things unfold in society. Yeah. By the way, I have to add that Trevor Shungwane uh, is a lecturer. I've been referring only to him as a social commentator, and that's not fair. Um, so let me take some calls, and let's have people join the conversation. And I also want to you to both, as we're taking the calls, to apply your mind around the issue of apathy and how we get around the issue of voter apathy and, and you know, the issue of the number of political parties. Because, you know, pe- people keep on adding to <laughs> the list of of political yeah. parties independent candidates uh organizations uh you know the, the the list is so long and whether or not that that list being long makes a difference at all to south africans in terms of making a decision to vote and who to vote for but let's go to the calls first in bulugwane mulatelo hi mulatelo okay Mm-hmm. If you come here and say, no, show me where this fish is, uh, I don't even can show you something like that. Sure, what's on your mind? Sophie, um, I mean, I'm sorry, man. Uh, 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 you know, I'm not sure uh, uh, when these politicians are coming to campaign, what will they tell us? But uh, what I think, uh, actually, uh, I, I intend uh, to vote for is either the, the, the party or a person who can come to me to say, how are we going to get our money from this uh, uh, corruptor and the corruptee? Uh, mm-hmm. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, the person who can come to say to me that, no, look, yeah. These foreigners, they must go back to their land, mm-hmm. and then they must come back according mm-hmm. as stipulated in the policy. So, so you know, they must uh, come here with the uh, uh, experience that we don't have in, in the country, mm-hmm. because that will be part of building the South Africa. Okay, so those, now, those are your core issues. That's my core issue, how to get the money from the people who stole the money. Okay, okay. And then what, what is going to do with them? Because this guy is below today, starting from uh, Ramaphosa and then Zuma, that guy, like they say, uh, they're giving them name to say no help. Okay. Okay. Okay, Mulatel, you've put your point across. There's a lot of people wanting to get through, but I think your your core points are on the on the table. Warren Eteguini. Hi, Warren. Uh, morning, uh, KG. Compliment to the season. Compliment um, to the season. For, for, thank you. For, for, for me as a resident and a writer of uh, really there's just one issue for me for this election, and that's local government reform. Mm-hmm. We, we've been battling here, and, and, your, and your experts have been touching on it over and over again. Uh, we have a collapse of local government across the country. And I know this is a national government election, mm-hmm. but... That's, the, that's the, the sphere of government that dictates, that sets the limits, sets the, 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 the law for mm. local government. Mm-hmm. And if we don't deal with this elephant in the room, we can talk all this pie-in-the-sky policies at national level and, and foreign policy and all this kind of stuff, which is very important. Mm. But if, we are, if our local governments are collapsing as they are, yeah. then what democracy do we really have? Thank you. you know? Thank you, Warren. Local Thank government you. reform issues. Okay. And uh, Cleo Komofulo. Hi, uh, Cleo. 
Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Cleo. Happy New Year. Um, You know, the most important thing that uh, I don't know I'll ever hear is if there can be a politician that can be able to say that we are one country and therefore we're going to have a unified approach in tackling the wicked problems that our country is facing. The politician is going to say we're going to put aside the notion that we are all we want is a zero-sum game where we want to win everything for ourselves. We need to post elections. We need, um, you know, a politician should say, "I'm going to work towards making sure that there are no proponents, there are no opponents, there are no commentators." At this point in time, we are saving the country irrespective of our differences. Okay, the unity ticket. Uh, yes. Okay, okay, thanks, Cleo. Tsepo yes. in Pretoria. I just wanted to make a comment, Vera. Okay, Tsepo in Pretoria, hi. Yeah. Yes, hi. For me, for me, the issue, uh, the political party will come in and change the correctional service uh, 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 rehabilitation system. Uh, I, I'm thinking... Uh, we're not really decisive as to as to stopping uh, crime in this country because uh, government ANC government sometimes they release the prisoners on the basis of of overcrowding in prison, uh, which I believe is just ridiculous in my view. And uh, the, the thing is this, ma'am: there must be two port system in, in in correctional system, where one is if you if you wrong anybody or you are convicted. First offender, a second offender, you mm. are, you will do this rehabilitation program. Okay. But if you come for a third time in prison, it should be a prison. It should be a punishment. You cannot have uh, or indefinitely somebody uh, uh, being convicted of murdering is released. He's now a rapist. He's released. He's nowadays is but he goes back to the same uh, principle of of rehabilitation. Rehabilitation is money from government. It's expensive as society. Because we have to uh, teach this person skills, we have to do so many things. So that is that is cost. Now, if we, for, we need to cut that cost. We cannot okay. definitely uh, fix people who don't want to be fixed. Okay. That's okay. My view. Okay. Uh, thanks, Sepo. Khoto in Midrand. Hi, Khoto. Good morning, Miss KG. Morning, Khoto. And your school last day. Look, mm. happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, issues, issues which I think uh, uh, our voters are going to go on for them. Uh, number one is the issues of illegal foreigners or foreigners in general. A party which is going to put a narrative of foreigners, mm-hmm. they should go back or foreigners crime, foreigners rape, foreigners murder. We are sure that party is going to get votes. Number two, that issue of local government, a rampant failure of local government is the issue which is going to be dealt with. Number three, it is the useless and ever useless judiciary which also tapped into issue where you, another caller talked about the issue <clears> of, of crime, whereby criminals are being arrested and released while there's a clear murder and rape, okay. which is there. Okay. And you touching the issue of the police. So uh, to, to, by the, the, the important factor is that they must not talk about the ANC. Young people and people in general, they are fed up about this corrupt ANC politician. Okay. 
got you, Kotso. Thank, Thank you, everybody. Uh, there's a sort of theme, uh, you know, I, I know it, it, we're not running a, a survey, uh, Lieto, but there's a sort of theme. Uh, there's there's nothing that I heard that I haven't heard previously um, in in all of the callers. Uh, you know, uh, corruption, uh, the money should come back, the issue of foreigners, the issue of local government. Uh, you know, I, I heard about the, the unity ticket as well, but I feel like all politicians promise unity. Um, and the, the the issue of 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 you know correctional services or how uh, the prison system uh, is effective or not effective, and somebody calls it the judiciary. What what do you make of what the issues that were brought on the table were like? Were you surprised? Are you generally familiar with all of them? Yes. Yeah, so remember, Katie, that when we when we speak about elections, right, everyone holds on to the issue that they have a foothold in in the system in general that we're talking about, right? Like I said, there are people who exist totally outside the system. So the demographic, let's assume, of SAFM are the people who are in the middle class, right? Mm. And so these are the sensibilities that they hold. They see the collapse of local government, right? They see um, the, the lack of unity because all they want is a unified country that goes in one direction. And so all of these issues are middle class issues and people who now want to see um, proper migration, um, not necessarily the end of, 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 of migration, but they want to see um, legal migration, for instance. So those are the sensibilities of the middle class. So even when we talk about the social grants, like you were talking earlier on, the people who are on the social grant system are the people who have the one thing that they are holding on to in the electoral system. So they don't even listen to a politician when he's talking about like foreign policy, when he's talking about the banking system, when he's talking about a, um, a monetary system that is supposed to change. They don't listen to all of that. Mm. All they know is that what I have in the system and the system speaks to me about is my social grant. And if they don't speak about the social grant, they're not talking to me. Yeah. Like somebody then says in the middle class, all I'm I'm looking at my in my middle class community and all I see is unreformed criminals. I see the system taking the criminals out, they come back, they have nothing to do, and then the recidivism goes up. And so all of these issues are very, very complex issues, right? If you think about it carefully, are the issues that take a long time to remedy. And so the five years the government is going to propose to us, or whoever wants to be in government is going to propose to us, it's going to be very difficult to convince me that you're going to turn around the unemployment problem in five years or the migration problem is in five years. Is there a consideration that you would make based on the 30 years of democracy? Um, and I get the point that you're trying to put about how short a period five years is in terms of making a determination for what the broader future of South Africa would look like. But are there considerations that voters should holistically have in the back of their mind when they assess what democracy looked like for them for the last 30 years? Um, it's exactly that. Because remember, even when we're talking about democracy, right, and let's say the, the past 30 years, the democracy has been held by the ANC. But by and large, every other five years, the ANC in and of itself is a different party with a different leader mm-hmm. who seeks to find different things. And so it different solutions like different... to the same problems. Exactly. Because all of them have short term solutions. So you, you didn't hear Jacob Zuma saying, I'm going to take Tabombeke's approach to the economy and just go with, with, the, with the gear or as Gisa, right? 
he comes up and says, no, 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 I'm going with a different thing. I'm going with the um, NDP for, for the next five or 20 years. Cyril comes in and says, no, 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 it's a different thing that I'm going with. So the biggest <laughs> problem is every leader, right, my one criticism to the leaders of South Africa is each of them have the hubris that's larger than even the parties, that's larger than society. All of them assume that they are Superman, that they're going to come in with the silver bullet that kills the werewolf and we're all going to be better for it. Yeah, Instead, but 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 don't we sometimes don't we sometimes become better for certain decisions that certain leaders make at a particular times? I'll make the Zuma example and how when he got into office, he changed the lives of people who were living with the HIV virus by making a sweeping decision that ultimately, in the end, ended up changing the expect the life expectancy of South Africans. Remember when uh, President Jacob Zuma came into office. He said uh, the drugs that the Mbeki era said should not be made available uh, for people living with the HIV virus. We now make them available. But what that has, and that decision was made when he came in in whatever, 2011, and that decision inadvertently ended up increasing the life expectancy of South Africans who live today. So he may have made the decision in his five-year period, but it had long-term ramifications. Yes, but he, he was speaking to a huge prior failure, see? And that's fine. That, that's, that's the consistency we're talking about, a leader who sees a failure and moves away from it. But then what the biggest problem is, our leaders fail to see a success and move forward with it. So the Mbeki era's approach to, to health and the HIV virus was horrible, right? But his approach to the economy and economic growth was, was exceptional. Exactly. But what do you do? You throw everything out and then the one thing that works for you. And so what we, we have now is is a country that works well in silos, right? So when it's Zuma years, the HIV patients are having an excellent um, life, right? But everything else is failing. And so you didn't take the consistency from the successes. And that's, that's, that's the, the inconsistency in growth, is that why don't we have the consistency of the Mbeki economic era and the changes of its failures in the health sector and then have both those sectors grow together and see how excellent our country will become with an excellent um, health um, policy on HIV and an excellent economy. And that's the biggest inconsistency for me. Yeah. Trevor, let me bring you in about the issue of apathy and how we yeah. get around the issue of apathy. Because if there is, say, for example, 12 million eligible voters in South Africa, and it's just a loose yeah. example that I'm making, and of those 12 million that are eligible, only 1 million go to the polls and they vote, ultimately that 1 million still has made a decision for the over 60 million plus people that live in South Africa. It's, it's still important for people to go and vote, right? And how do we redefine the issue of making all those that are apathetic understand the value of voting to them? Yeah. You know, KG, I'm going to use this picture, and I hope it doesn't uh, evoke some controversy because I'm a man and I'm going to speak about women. You know, issues around voting among the youth, and I always draw this picture and say it's like, you know, when there's a, a delegation of men who are coming to pay Lobola for a lady, and a group of old men and women sit inside the house and decide how much she's worth. And then in between that, they just call her to come and have the in-laws have a look and say, this is her. Mm. And then she goes back. And then they go ahead 
discussing her in her absence, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's how young people feel about voting. The fact that they can only vote after five years and in between. They're not part of any political process in the country. Mm-hmm. If you look in parliament, the ANC specifically, with over 200 um, MPs, they've got very few young people, the youth specifically. So for one to be just a backbencher as an MP in parliament, as an ANC member, you need to have served, I don't know how many years, not just as a minister or decision minister, but just to be as a backbencher M- MP. So it tells you much about how much this system doesn't work for young people. So mm-hmm. like I said, traditional channels of power have failed young people. And they therefore resort to protest action in order to be heard by the media. So that articulates the powerlessness of young people in SA. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, they are the one who are left to feel as if though their concerns have no avenue for, for recourse. I mean, and also that coupled with the fact that, you know, politicians always evoke the issue around what struggle credentials mm. to say I was in the trenches, I fought for this country. Yeah. So therefore, you can't tell me anything about how the politics can unfold in the country. So that actually have a, an impact on how much young people feel about why they don't need to vote because they feel like this thing doesn't resonate with who they are and mm, what they stand mm. for. But I want to comment on the issue around, and if you allow me, the issues around foreign nationals. Sure, you know, sure, sure. We have a lot of problems in the, in our country, but I think the issues around foreign nationals is the least of those problems. Uh, but also what politicians does when they want to evoke anger in you, they make you feel that you are being, I mean, deprived of what you you deserve. So there's a, there's a theory called the relative deprivation theory, which speaks about uh, how much people react to situations when they feel that they deserve better and they're not getting better. So what they do is that they get angry because they are told that uh, illegal foreign, I mean illegal, I mean illegal uh, foreigners are doing this and that. Mm-hmm. And what then that, what that does is that it creates this anger inside you, and you forget the actual issues that are meant to be focused. And I mean corruption is a big problem in SA. If you look in the ANC, they spend about over a billion every year for campaign, I mean, a year for campaigning for election. That's a lot of money. And you ask yourself, where do they get such money? Yeah. You know, where do they get sure. such money? But also it, it, it brings the problem because as soon as someone is voted into power, they have to go back and save whoever that's funding their own political campaigns because no one can just give you a million and say, go and campaign. Yes. No. There's they no such thing as a free have, lunch. There's no such a thing. They do that because they're eyeing for something. Mm, Either mm. they're eyeing for control or for favors or for tenders. Mm, but so it's never because they're kind. Do. Most definitely. I mean, I can't just give you a million rand. Yeah, no. I can't give you a million rand. It so would be nice if you could, why... but hey. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so, so that's the thing, you know. So we need to look at these issues from a broader perspective and just forget about this foreign nationals. Foreign... I mean, so most of them are in the country legally. They pay tax. They do everything that we pay. So we need to have a fresher and different... So it's the, the illegal have, illegal know. immigration thing or the, uh, the the issue of so-called foreigners is a soft issue uh, that you feel politicians will lash on for the purposes of getting popularity depending on where uh, the, 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 the issues that boggle society are at at that time. They always do. And then, you know, these things... And I'll, I'll tell you about messaging when it comes to political campaigning and political communication. Mm. The message that the ANC will use when they speak to residents in Deep South is so different from what they will use when they go to Danefeld. Yes, and yes. And engage residents. Because 
the level of awareness, political awareness, have a bearing on how then one chooses which party. That's why the ANC, after each and every election, they'll go and engage business people and promise them all these things. But hardly they go back to deep suit and said, we promise this, we haven't done this, we'll do that. Mm. They've been doing that in the last few months of 2023, going back to Midlands, going to Soweto, and seeing we are reviewing our manifestos. But these manifestos, you hardly hear them uh, a year after the election. So it's just a way of going back to clean up the mess to mm, say, mm. this we can do, we could have done this better. If someone says we could have done better each and every election, you must just know that they failed the electorate. Okay, yeah. I've got I've got some callers, and I'm going to ask the callers to be quick and to the point because I also have voice notes. So I want my guests to be able to comment on what everyone says uh, collectively. So maybe we start with the voice notes, Mark, if that's okay. Let's start with the voice notes and then go to the callers. Uh, good morning. You know, we as South Africans, we need a constitution that protects voters from perpetrators. How come uh, our constitution be so naive in a way that they let people who abused power to come back and pretend as if they never abused power, they still want more power? They can never be allowed to do those things. So we need a constitution that can protect us against those people. That will be the first right step into the right direction. This is T.D. Malaji, all the way from Tawani. Good morning, KG. I have to totally agree with your your guests there, with the consistency of government's efforts to make this a better country and not focusing on their own pockets. You know, the thing is, you can have a fantastic economic cycle, but it can only uplift 50% of the population. So when your population is growing by 1.5 million every year, you're going to have 750,000 people falling behind, even in a good cycle. So now when your cycle drops because of international trends and everything like that, then you're going to maybe not benefit 50% of the population, but the population keeps on growing. So you need to keep that static as well as the government needs to be stable. Morning, SFM. Look, my realistic offering for me uh, is the answer to the, the, the question of, uh, of land. Um, a clear program to free people, black people in particular, economically, putting South African first, and a redraft of this constitution. Because every state paint a bleak picture. Then you ask yourself, how can they bypass these statistics? The ANC has been sanitizing us for far too long. Now we need to go and reclaim our country, put South African first, then we'll talk anything after. Redraft this constitution that favors the interest of white people. Anybody who talks this language has my vote. And we are not prepared to listen to anybody who tried to explain things the way they were, the status quo that we are in right now that will improve the grants, will ensure that the whole country is... No, we no longer need those things. What we need now is the country. 
then we'll come back and talk about the program going forward. Thank you for the voice notes. Uh, I'm giving each one of my callers 30 seconds to put their point across. Hi, Colin, in Cape Town. People are afraid of losing their social grants. Hi. Hi, good morning. Um, they are scared because I heard it on the radio last week, Friday, on, on, on um, John's show. Somebody phoned in from Free State and reckons... <laughs> if the DA comes into power, don't vote for the DA because if they come into power, they're going to bring back apartheid. John asked him, but how come? Anyway, he couldn't answer John properly. He reckons that uh, in a free state, there are still whites-only restaurants and things like that. Now, if people can believe something like that, you know what I mean? If he can believe it, then there must be thousands and thousands and thousands of more people that think just like him. So John said to him, no, man, you can't. So, Thanks, no, I, Colin. I have to go. I think okay, I've made yeah, your point. Sure. John in okay. Tembisa, hi. Morning, uh, KG. Yes. Um, I just want to disagree with one of your guests. That sure, sure, sure. Is, uh, yeah, HIV policy was very bad. Uh, actually, if, if you listen to Mbegi's response to those allegations, he said the policy that was implemented by Zuma's era was from his administration. That's point number one. Point number two, Mbegi questions a lot of things when it comes to HIV AIDS including the, the, you know, the social effect on HIV AIDS if people are poor and also nutrition. Okay, so okay, John, I'm going to I'm gonna let you go. I asked you to get to your point in 30 seconds. Okay. Thank you. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, here we are. We're about to hear them, Lieto. Um, and fortunately or unfortunately uh, for you and the logic you're putting on the table, it's, it's a five-year promise that, um, you know, they are going to make to us. Uh, but we're also a country beset by many, many problems. We've spoke of a few of those problems here. Uh, we, we have to go somewhere, whether that be in the next five years or whatever. What should they be saying to us? I think the political parties right now need to speak to the issues that make South Africans more confident in what the future looks like. Because all of these political parties for, for the most part, have not told South Africans what their future is. So when you're talking about issues of land, when you're talking about crime, when you're talking about employment, all of these things, nobody tells you what the future looks like. If you, if you expropriate our com- compensation, for instance, what does the next 20 years look like? Mm. And so what we need to do is to get our people confident in the programs of government and involved in the programs of government. And that governance is not an elitist thing that happens with the people who've just been voted for. And so the NGOs that Trevor speaks about should also be included in the programs that make the people's lives more meaningful. And I think that, at the end of the day, becomes a much more inclusive picture. And when you think about it, um, the spread of South African luck then becomes much better because all of us are involved in making the luck that we all wish for. Yeah. Thanks, Lieto. Thank you for your time. Trevor, do you want to give me your final thoughts? Most times. So I think going into 2024, the elections, is that opposing parties should talk less about what the ANC has failed to do. Mm. Instead, I think the issue is that uh, leadership in SA is a credibility issue and that it has become very difficult for one to believe the ANC or the EFF or the DA or, or any party mm. at whichever level because they don't place the, the needs of South Africans above, uh, above above their own. So I think we need to go and vote. If there is a time that we need to, it's now because it's 30 years down the line. So we need to make sure that we go in and just vote. 
and we vote for the party that we believe represent us best. Yeah. Because it's the only way we can do that. I mean, the channels of, of political participation are so limited into South Africa. So we only have our ballot to, to do that instead of a brick. Yeah. 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 Thank you to you too, Trevor. Trevor Shungwane is a lecturer and a social commentator. Leeton Toba is also a lecturer at the Central University of uh, Technology, a debater and a social political analyst. And thank you to you too uh, for conversation for conversating with us uh, because uh, we're going to be forced into these conversations very soon. So it's nice to talk about it before we're forced into these conversations around what we should be voting for. It's 11.01, Luanda Maome is standing by.